Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Audio Frontier. It's wrestling daft. It is the marks on a Tuesday or whenever you're listening to this podcast. Hailing from Lambert, weighing in 184. It's going to be more now. I know it is. Uh, I'm John, producer of Wrestling Daft, host of this show. Uh, and with me, a man bigger than the amount of people you can now get into your house indoors with the tears dropping apart from... The well, it depends. How many, and are you classing these people as feet? Because if so, I'm technically bigger than that. Yeah, you are, you are, you are. So uh, well, that's uh, incorrect. Sorry, Big Alex, pissing over Mintrozo. How are you? Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. And don't worry, Gary will piss all over your intro to him. He will. He will do that. You've just, you've just ruined it because you just say, uh, <laughs> "Now the listeners who are sitting going, I wonder who the third person is. <laughs> Who's the third man? Who's the third man? <laughs> uh, and that man there, of course. Uh, this man has been celebrating the week of a brilliant album's anniversary. It's uh, the 20th anniversary of some 41's All Killer No Filler and you have no idea how old that makes me feel. It is Gary Cassidy. Ah, yeah, it's, it's one of the ones where I just always go back and look at my Facebook memories and then it's like, wait, three years ago I said that was the 17th anniversary. I was like, oh no, that's no good. I remember getting it like on a... I think it was like a week or two after it came out, my sister got me it and was like, ah, you'll probably like this. And that turns out I did. So Wait, <laughs> what age were you when you got I, that? I was 11 years old oh when I got that. Oh. <laughs> since we're talking about Sum 41, and I know this is this is a close segue, how do you feel about the rumour that Avril Lavigne was actually replaced by a doppelganger of many, many uh, years uh, Yeah, I love that. I don't think it's true, but I love the exploration of it anyway. And, and my favourite thing ever, I think we've actually spoke about this before on the show, is Avril Lavigne meet and greets, where she just, like, even before the pandemic, stood about 20 feet away from the person that was paying to meet her. Oh, really? Uh, the most awkward photos ever. I, I actually met Avril Lavigne right, uh, when I was working at radio station years gone by. It was often... Did you get to stand close to her? Or, did, or were you forced to... Oh, no, no. I was, I was within feet of Avril Lavigne. <laughs> I was within feet because obviously we had to hold the mic up to her because it was four days of... But like... did she have that look of get the fuck away from me in her eyes? Yeah, right? she wasn't much chat. I will be honest with you. She did not have much chat. She really wanted to get out of there. And then she went out, obviously, with, was it Derek from... Derek, Derek Wibley, after and... being uh, married to Chad Kroger from Nickelback. Did you, I thought it was the other way around. I thought it was Derek. Oh, wait, I, I think it's the wrong was... way around. I think it was Derek Wibley first and then yeah. Chad. So who is she married to now? Do, do you know why I didn't... Um, do, you, do you know why I didn't work out what one it was first? Um, it's complicated. Oh my word, maybe can rock a flyer. If you can, if you can rock hey, 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 I would like to be your girlfriend into a joke for this podcast, I'll be very impressed. Hey, yeah, work on no, that. No, hey, hey, you, you, I could be your girlfriend. See, Tate, no way, no way. Fucking lyric. Anyway, how did we get from some. I know why we got from some. Because they were married. I thought it was a good say. 
It was a but good now you, can, you can transition into Canadian wrestlers and then we're off to a fly on. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll hit that up next. <laughs> uh, talking of Canadian wrestlers, uh, before we get into the show, I think we'll just briefly touch. We'll get more into it when we come to AEW Blood and Guts a bit later on. But the big chat on the wrestling world that split the wrestling world right down the middle was the Chris Jericho bump. Yes or no, Alex? Well, obviously, yes, because you can't write. This is this was my entire berry, so you've ruined it now, so I'm going to do it now. Right. So I'm going to bury the entire fucking IWC this week for being massive hypocrites, because what did we have six months ago? We had the Matt Hardy, Sammy Guevara bump that everyone fucking moaned about because it was too dangerous. And uh-huh. now six months later, they have the safer version of it to save Jericho, and they fucking moan about that as well. What do you want? What do you Not want? Do you want dangerous bumps? Do you want safe bumps? How the, how the most people look back on the Rikishi fall. I think most people look back on that with fondness where they went into a big pile of hay. So my, like, I think, and I, I always, I feel like I'm always trying to protect the wrestlers here. So people will only be surprised by my comments on it. But I just feel like every issue about it was on production. I feel like if you shot yeah. it for a different angle, mm-hmm. amazing. Just don't show the landing. I don't think it loses much by not showing the landing. But how old is Chris Jericho? I don't think you expect that guy to take a bump for that high up onto just, I know it's, you know, not just concrete, but onto mainly concrete. I think that's ridiculous for anybody to even think that's a thing. So for me, I think a wee bit more protection of the landing in terms of actually how you film it. And I think it wasn't the only production issue during that match. Annoyingly, there was a really good chair shot halfway through that um, that they just cut away for a completely WWE-esque cut away for the actual important part. Um, so I think it was just production-wise, it was a wee bit rubbish. Mm. But th- my main thing is it's the only comparison that I will draw because a lot of people are comparing it to the disappointment of the exploding barbed wire death match. The only comparison I would have with that is that annoyingly the wrestlers have put everything into having an amazing match and then one thing out with their control has kind of tainted it so I, I just think that's a wee bit annoying for you know on part of the wrestlers but I don't have an issue with it fucking yeah. crash mats I know you want like wait until we go to, to Raw last night and, uh, and you'll see how polarising <laughs> things have been and how much that you could have used a crash mat on a couple of well, yeah. they just need to have built the stage around it a little bit more I mean it was fucking obvious what that stage was there for since the minute the Aye. episode started Aye. and I'm fine with that everyone's been doing it you can see on like NXT have been really bad for it recently with like their jumping spots off the cages and shit so it's fine. I think they need to do a better job of disguising it. You know, maybe have him go further down so he like falls into the stage so you don't see the landing or something like that. But it's, it's just the, like guys say, it's the production's camera. If they went to a wide camera angle, it would have been absolutely fine, you know. But because it was, they so- did zoom around it a little bit too much as well when they had like everyone surrounding Jericho and kind of showed it off a little bit. But yeah. the worst thing is, I think it ruined the match for a lot of us because the, just everyone's reaction to it because I didn't get to watch it for a couple of days and all I saw was all this kind of a controversy about it and it just fucking ruined the show. It's the kind of match where, um, and again, this is a, a very extreme comparison, but I will say it about the, what, exactly what I said about the eye for an eye match where, you know, you see the eye coming out, but you can't zoom in. 20 years ago, you can't pause, you can't go back and yeah. look at it. People are like, oh man, that's amazing. And now in the age of social media, you can pause everything and analyse it by every minuscule detail, every millisecond that it can be exposed. And people go, oh, that's shite because I've manipulated it so much that I can see every single part of it. So. Like you, like you said, it it's a complete shame because that visual of MGF standing in front of the uh, on top of the cage with the blood streaming down is it's just I was I really it's like 
it would have been an iconic MJF image if it hadn't been for what kind of came after it, if you know what I mean. Um, I, I'm not a massive fan of those spots anyway. See if you could do a spot like that. Um, you know, it, it's like a push. It was just like a push. At least do something like a drop kick or a punch or something. Well, the, just one a thing, push, you know? the one thing that people were also getting pissed off of that I actually really liked was the storytelling in the match. I thought the storytelling was great. I liked the way it was done via surrender and I liked the way that to stop him doing it and then he did the little push because i felt it made it made much more sense in the character development of those two wrestlers and uh-uh. his original storytelling mm. i think I, i'm the opposite of you john because i actually like i completely don't care about how like how no great those bumps look and the one thing i actually don't like and i think i've mentioned it before i'm not big on blading in matches and i'm just no big on like blood in general in matches Obviously, I was on a loser with this because it was called Blood and Guts. So it's like, well, they need to do something violent. So I actually, you know, if I, if you were going to remove Eden for the match, I'd probably remove a wee bit of the blading and keep in the bump. It was just the production that was a wee bit annoying. But I don't think, for me, I, I didn't really let it ruin my enjoyment. I still look back at that and think it was a good match. Could yeah. it have been better? Aye, but not in the day with the wrestlers. So, yeah, and um, we'll get more into AEW and Bud and Guts when we get to the Buddies and Pullovers a bit later on. And uh, Gary has already hinted that Raw was another shocker last night. So that's fine because Alex is going to need to be scrambling for another uh, Buddy or Pullover right now. So, uh, so I don't Eleanor. I've already done it. I'm just going to take half of it off now. It's fine. <laughs> true, true, true. Um, but first, before we get into the show, uh, we have to hand over once again to the comedy stylings of Mr. Gary Cassidy. So I have to say, I've phoned in ever so slightly this week again and literally thought I won in the past couple of minutes. So I do apologise, but it might work out better than the ones in the past few weeks. So I'm going back to a classic here that everybody's going to hear a different incarnation of this joke, but they've probably not heard a wrestling one. Ryback walks into a library, goes up to the librarian and goes, Can I have a steak, please? And she goes, Ryback, you're in a library. He goes, Oh, sorry, can I have a steak, please? <laughs> pure, pure shite but, but it's the best you're getting this week when I've uh, no wasted my time thinking of one <laughs> fair enough fair enough I enjoyed that um, of course Ryback is now officially retired according to the poll that's been ran about three or four times I, I think this is the best Ryback gimmick he's ever had because he's obviously aware of what he's doing it's brilliant marketing it. it's, a... up, it's just turns out retired it's like we've weeded out all the bots we're all fine now this is official now love it Check out Ryback's Twitter for more info on that. No, don't encourage anyone I, to check okay, out anything to fucking he's, do he's, with him. He's still a prick, but I mean, I, I, I respect the hustle on this one. He's, he's marking <laughs> himself quite well this time around. Um, you can buddy Gary's uh, jokes if you want to. Um, that You can do that for the main show, but we'll be buddying putting over the, the stuff from the shows a bit later on with our... Uh, new Age Mark Laws, which is our Patreon-only tag team who come on and do Smackdown for us. Uh, we'll have all the latest news, but first... Let's get into a promo. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. Right. I think you boys, whether you're coffee drinkers, whether you're tea drinkers like Alex, you'll both agree with me on that one. In the workplace, is there no bigger heel than someone who goes and makes a cup of tea but doesn't ask if you want one? 
Oh no, I hate that man. Like, but again, I should say that my when I worked in the office, we worked in soundproof individual booths. So, um, so you done everything you could not to talk to your colleagues. So I, I, I'm against you on that one. But at the same time, in a house, I think that's the kind of thing where there's nothing worse than no off on somebody. A couple yeah, of yeah, yeah, okay. So like John, I've worked in an office floor that has over 200 people on it. Am I fuck <laughs> offering everyone on that no, floor no, to give them a cup of tea? You know what I mean? I'm not talking about your whole floor or what have you. I'm talking about your colleague, your, your buddy that you talk to at work, the person next to you, or like Gary flags up, if your other half goes and makes a cup of tea or coffee and doesn't ask if you want one, that is completely... Or, or the, the, other, um, the other side of that that I would say is if you're talking to somebody and they open up a packet of chewing gum or a packet of mints and just gub one with it saying, would you like one? Yes, absolutely. Absolute heel move. Um, so, yeah, that I just want to say to those people that that don't offer the tea or the coffee, all the chewing gum, as Gary quite rightly points out, sort it out, man. Just take a bit, of, have a bit of consideration, you know? You don't have to be a heel all your life. You can make a face turn at any point by Who just offering that. Who hurt you this week, John? Who hurt you? Would you like to call I in? can't reveal my, I cannot reveal my sources, uh, but let's just say I live with her. I've been married <laughs> to her for 13 years. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, think, I think I'm actually also the opposite end of that scale, because if I'm out for a drink with somebody, if you go to the bar, I'm getting a pint, do you want a drink? But then most people will just be like, aye, and then they've only return the favour and you're like, cool, I'm just a favourite of Pokemon. Well, it's all right, I've, <laughs> been, I've been to the pub with Alex, I know what that's all about. That <laughs> Alex, is the, Alex is the ultimate instigator of rounds, thank you very much. And I will make sure everyone's yeah, yeah, fixed yeah. by the rounds. Right, okay, mark that down, Gary, record that for the next time we go to the pub. Thank you very much. <laughs> Every week on the marks, we take a look back at the big wrestling shows of the week in the company of our Mark tag team. Um, they've been on for the last few weeks. They're undefeated. They're unchallenged. It is the new age Mark Loss. How you doing, boys? Good yourselves? All good. Good stuff. Um, that is, of course, Bronze Chill and Rico. Um, should point out that Rico is looking about 10 years younger because he's taken his beard down to the <laughs> I know. And I, uh, for anyone that's not watching the video version of this, he's sporting a fantastic bit of wrestling daft merch. He's went for the classic I'm a take a bump for you, which is available, of course, at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. Um, you can get all your wrestling daft merchandise needs right there. Um Always find an opportunity to plug something in the, in the podcast. Right, so uh, we'll take a look back at the big shows from the week as ever. And we'll start off last Tuesday. It seems like an absolute eternity away. And it was NXT. Now, I've got a big, long list of buries this week. I don't know why. I quite I quite enjoyed the show, but I've written a lot down. Um, so... Uh, let's just start off with Fashion Corner. Fashion Corner. We still need a jingle for that. Um, I'm going to go straight to Fashion Corner. And let's just bury, again, Kyle O'Reilly. Come on, man. That new look that he's got. Really look, cheap looking sunglasses. The hat, the flannel. Not a good look for someone that's He, he did address it, though, on Twitter. One of the official accounts put up a photo of him saying about something about a uh, drip and they replied to it saying, I don't know what that word means, but if it means I've got fashion sense, I disagree. 
which I was like, that's brilliant. So at least he knows, at least he's self-aware. Right, okay. Yeah. On the flip side, because we had a whole uh, confrontation between all the kind of challengers for the world title, it's, well, it was one of those typical segments where Karrion Cross came out and then everyone and their granny poured out of the dressing room, Pete Dunne, Finn Balor, blah, 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 Johnny Gargano. But let's put over Karrion Cross's waistcoat. Yes, I, I, I do dig... I, Are you I'm, sure this isn't just a full fashion uh, fashion <laughs> corner segment on? Because that's not a twice that you've just you left, but you've just come straight fucking. Yeah, back, we're, we're 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 in fashion corner at the moment. Before we move into our buddy people, I think it's important to get the important things out the way first. And we went to fashion corner. Now we'll, we'll move come out of fashion corner and we'll move back into buddies and put over. And let's go <laughs> for the first. Uh, Put over of the week, will we? And we are going to put over Leon Ruff. That boy can take a bump, ladies and gentlemen. Um, wow, uh, really enjoyed the match with Swerve. Um, on the flip side of it, Swerve, I mean, he's really, really impressed me. Um, and I think putting what looks to be a new kind of faction, his crew, his kind of hip hop crew around him there, that uh, ex NFL player, um, is the kind of muscle. Gary, who is the woman that's part of the crew? She's Brianna Brandy. She actually was a dancer for Soldier Boy and done like a full worldwide tour as a dancer. She's also a singer, recording artist. She's done everything apart from wrestle, but she's a massive wrestling fan. I think she signed about a good two and a half, three years ago now. So she's been there for a wee while, but she's right. been turning up like um, when they were using talents in uh, the performance centre for Ron Smackdown. She was there quite a bit obviously quite noticeable, so like, if you know who she is, you pick her out a mile away, and then she was turning up in the Leon Ruff vignettes as well, or oh, sorry, the Swerve vignettes. Yeah, yeah, when um, he was in the recording studio. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just trying to find it, because a trademark get, that got filed that is 100% for this faction, Hit Row Records. Hit Row Records. So it's, it's oh. not official, but they filed that, that trademark. I something. like, I like. I was going to actually suggest to see if anyone could come up with a hip hop name because I can see that we're all such, you know, cool dudes who are down with that type of lingua. So. <laughs> yeah. Catch um, me listening no. to Ice Cube at least once a week. Thinking that I'm black. <laughs> they, should, uh, they should call it NWA because there's nothing in wrestling called that. that uh, <laughs> 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 no, I I think that 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 I like that kind of idea of like the kind of record production kind of hip hop crew kind of idea. I don't think that's really been done. And certainly in WWE it hasn't been done before, so it's not a great success. At least uh, no. I don't really recall. It's kind of it's taking like the acclaimed John Cena gimmick and going that step further. Is any of them actually rapping yet though? Because that's no, the next no, step. They're going to have to have someone actually performing. I think Swerve does. Make or fucking break it. So. Uh, I think Swerve does. I am sure he's done a wee bit on like his podcast and stuff. Like, not not any like you know mainstream acclaim, but I think he's done a wee bit. Um, I said acclaim there, and that completely made me think of the acclaimed in AEW. Um, but no, I think that like the the big guy that's the footballer. I forget his name. It's AJ something. But he apparently a lot of people saying he's going to be absolutely amazing. It's just like taking his stuff like a duck to water. So I'm excited to see where he goes. I've I'd never really heard him or really didn't really know who he was before NXT last week. So I uh, exciting to see. Yeah. Um. Let's move on to a quick bury then. Forced shoe patter. Um, now over the last couple of weeks we we were burying last week we were burying the fact that Timmy Thatcher was trying a football chant when he's American and clearly can't do that. Now we've got to the point where when Barrett's at the commentary uh, table, loses his shoe inadvertently, it turns up in the ring and Timothy Thatcher hits him with the shoe. And this is just all to get over with the NXT crowd, the Zach Gibson 
shoes off if you hate Gibson. It is. I can. T- I'll tell you right now because it was obviously over here, ICW, all the UK shows. They're trying to get it in to America, and they're working an angle around shoes to do it. I don't like that. It's forced banter, and I hate it's, forced banter. It's quite hypo- hypocritical considering that they try to to like smoosh the one fall chance as much as possible, and now they're like picking and choosing which little bits of the British wrestling crowd they want. Yeah, that's true. It's true. So I, I I fully expect by the time crowds get back in, we'll have the shoes off if you hate uh, Gibson. Chant. I think we're getting a shoe on a pool match before then, personally. I think they'll go that far. <laughs> Do you know what? I would I would I would go past. <laughs> um and I've got to I've got to bury the humor on NXT this week as my sort of second bury. Um we had a dog shitting in a tank. We had a really like a boob gag about Carlos and Theus, and they're so big. And then he was talking about the nails when it was just double on top. But I mean, Scarlet's it's nails that. are confusing, and you know, I mean, they are pretty large. So he was. They, right they are like, Yes, yes, they yeah, are. They're pretty. They're pretty good nails. Like, they are good nails, but yeah, there's no need for that in 2021. Come on now. There's no need for boob jokes. Let's... And was Austin Theory not also one of the guys who was slightly accused of speaking out stuff a year ago as well? So they're not going a little bit close mm. to the bone with that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Austin. I do like Austin Theory as a wrestler, but yeah, it's I, I don't like the kind of place he finds himself in. I kind of viewed Austin Theory as almost. I, maybe it's just his building his physique, but I could see him going a kind of Randy Orton. Randy Orton. That was got that's the exact guy that I thought he was yeah. like when he first came in. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know if it is, but they're kind of making him out of a goofball and what have you know. Maybe a little bit of punishment for his behaviour, maybe, because he didn't really get a great booking when he was up on the main roster, and he seemed to get pushed up. Maybe Vince didn't like him, and he's kind of just put him back down, so he's yeah. told Paul to don't yeah. know, change his attitude. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it might be, apart from Nicholas, who obviously takes that, but I think he might still be the youngest person to compete at a WrestleMania. No, I'm not certain on that, but I think he's, I think he's, he's definitely one of them. Uh, yeah. I think it might be, yeah. apart from Nicholas. And I, I, I'm just going to go without saying Cameron Grimes' mother put over this week. Brilliant. <laughs> just brilliant again. I, I, I'm loving everything he's doing. I love how the fact he's not too hot on his new entrance theme, but... I, I think lo- it, might be, it might be worth just saying here, John, just for anybody listening, it's May the 11th we're recording this, just in case you think you're listening to last week or the week before or the week before this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> hey, listen, Mr. Drew McIntyre. <laughs> Don't get started on me. But this week, I've got to put him, he's just adding so much, you know, he's doing the to the moon before he does the cave-in now, which is, I, I love that as a finisher. I think that'll be, that looks like it's going to be really protected as well as a finisher, to be honest with you. Um, and then we had a vignette with him going to the the VIP room, and then the one will turn up with with DiBiase and just saying he's bought the club kind of idea. Love all that. I don't know where it's going to go with the, the Ted DiBiase thing. It's not going to be a match. Let's right. Well, Ted's not getting back in the ring, but I would love to see a kind of you know DiBiase is is kind of manager stroke financial manager or something like that and some sort of combination where they come together and, and one and he's kind of a, a bit of a mouthpiece and they kind of play off each other i think that'd be good fun going forward but financial yeah. advisor you could actually do something like that quite easily I like yeah that. i would love them to bring but i don't think they will and i think it would go down like a lead balloon with almost everybody apart from me you could probably throw some money at virgil and get him back get a wee match between uh <laughs> between oh. and virgil or the million dollar belt comes back into play. 
Now that would be, there we go. Get the million dollar belt back out, man. Get that out of the storage. Fantastic. Love that. Um, but yeah, um, I, I'm loving all of that. Loving all that. Uh, but match tonight has to go to the main event. Um, you know, I was a bit wary because we had, the, obviously last week I was talking about, had a false count anywhere. Start the show, we finished off the show with a street fight. Bloody hell. Um, one thing I would say, and I, I don't want to come over as being sexist, but there's, a, there's women are lighter, right? naturally lighter and they don't have as much muscle mass when it comes to ladder spots and table spots you know they don't have there was a few spots there where i think the table was meant to break i think the ladder was meant to break on a couple occasions but unfortunately women just don't have the weight to to bring it you know unless you're talking um anaya or uh you know a raquel or what have you so when you're talking shotzi and ember and candice they just don't have the weight, so it looks. I don't want to get health and safety here, but it looks sore as a result of it. Sorry, that's health and safety man coming out there. I'm just looking out for my girl Shotzi, um, and you know Shotzi's uh, the, the the female Jeff Hardy now. Let's face it, she is climb up stuff, jump off it. Um, sometimes looking a bit too dangerous, but it was a great spot she did from the top of kind of scaffolding onto the announce table. So yeah, that was match tonight. I thought they left everything out there, and you know, one thing I would say the flip, the flip flop in the tag titles a wee bit too much, but maybe that will settle down because they're just new titles. But you say I had an interesting response to the the bump that we've spoken about many times. I don't know if any of you saw that, but she just posted a gif of somebody like falling back onto their mattress. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I no enjoyed it, enjoyed it. Uh, match of the night for me. Uh, and let's go to AEW and Blood and Guts, Alex. Well, first of all, apparently now we have to go to Fashion Corner first. Oh, sorry, let's go to Fashion Corner. Do it now. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Inner Circle once again have, have just like pushed out there with their fashion, and this time coming out in unified jumpsuits that all had different penitentiaries of where they're from in the States, which I thought was a terrific touch. It's nice. They've done it with the tracksuits. They've always been good at that stuff. So 10 points to them. And also, I think you'd get a bit sweaty wrestling in a jumpsuit, personally. You know? And the pinnacle essentially went the opposite and all just wrestled in white pants. Why does why do the heels now often love to wear white while the faces wear black? Seems Actually, like- I, think the, I think that was just by design for maximum blood splatter. But but again, that is like because I seen somebody saying, Oh, was MGF taking a shot at Randy Orton for wearing white at WrestleMania? And I'm like, That's a big stretch. Like, I I think it was just for the blood. (laughs) Yeah, that is a little bit of a stretch, really, isn't it? That's going a little bit too far, I'd say. But now that we're here, we may as well continue to talk about the main event. So, personally, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I think there was some issues to do with timing, but I think that was more to do with television more than anything else and having to cut to breaks. So you could kind of see where the traditional kind of war games booking would go on. And they had seemed to like have say spots when the heels of the faces were on top for too long or whatever. But generally I enjoyed it. Some of the production wasn't there. They brought back the cage with the death holes, which I don't like. But uh, I've had an argument with my friends about this, actually, because I think it's really dangerous and someone's going to get hurt. But one of them is insistent. It's a genius because it gives them the ultimate rest spot where they can just slide down into the death hole. So... Six and a half a dozen on that. I haven't quite decided. But yeah, that was, I'm actually going to also put over the storytelling in the match. I like the finish. I know no one else liked the finish, but you don't, these matches don't always need to have a big, like, move finish. It's nice to have something like the surrender. It's original storytelling. It's something a bit different. 
Rico and Bronze, what did you two think of it? As there's been obviously quite a lot of negative reaction kicking around online. So I really enjoyed the match. The, I'll not say that I was disappointed by the finish. I enjoyed the finish, but I don't think the camera angles helped it. If they'd have just had it from the hard calm way, and then, you know, they could have used everything else, like in promo packages and stuff at a later date. But yeah, that, I, I wasn't disappointed, but I was disappointed, if that makes sense. I think as well the TV wouldn't have helped with that as well, because I think maybe they obviously have had to keep the cameras on for an extra X amount to get to the end of the show. Well, if it's a pay-per-view, they could have actually cut it just after the fall and not had to do all the camera angles. So, mm-hmm. what about I you? I do think we're saying with the production values in that sense, not to get all sort of, sort of geeky and technical about those sort of things, but obviously the, the cameras stayed on Chris Jericho for way too long, where he was clearly taking the blade out, you know mm. what I mean, before he before he gigged or, um, or whatever. But uh, that, the, the fall, the fall was cool, good spot, but it was, you know, given away too easily that it was... It was too obvious. It was, it was, it was too obvious. And I mean, they did go to, I mean, obviously it was filmed on both nights, so I do feel quite bad for the crowd. Must have been a bit stop-starty and it was very obvious because you'd think that they'd have been smart enough to film it at like the same time the next day so you've got the natural light at least consistent. But no, no, it went from kind of black to white, which was another production issue. I think the most important thing that came out of the match, though, was MJF at the end looking like an absolute superstar. Um, there were so many good camera angles of him at the top of the cage. There were so many um, you know, close-ups in his face, blood all over him, standing alone like you know, some sort of wrestling god. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably got to be the most important thing. And maybe, maybe they could have had Sammy Guevara in Chris Jericho's place and Jericho thrown in the towel having been the one that said that they'll never surrender and Sammy taking uh, another incredible bump. But I, I don't know. I, 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 I think the re- for me, the reason that it was Jericho that had to take the bump was one, to end the MGF feud, and two, I think this is going to be the beginning of Jericho kind of transitioning away from the main event scene, preferably onto more commentary. And do you know what I mean? And slow, slow breakup of the inner circle. I think you'll see Santana and Ortiz going off and doing their own thing. But I think you're probably going to have to keep Hager around with Sammy to keep Hager relevant, or I think Hager's just going to kind of float off into the distance. So I think it wouldn't have worked the same way if it had been anyone else. But also allows for a potential rivalry between Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. So they Yeah, that's true. It does that further down the line as well. And it's also obviously the shades to the MGF. Well, I think the whole throwing in the towel was also then the shades back to the initial MGF turn on Cody as well. So it did. Oh, I. But you know what I mean? There's also the, like, the legacy to the previous storytelling that they've done. So they've nodded back to themselves, which I quite like. So, so it was good. I enjoyed some of it. And I don't know why everyone's getting some negative about it. Right, let's let's talk about something that wasn't in that main event, right? This is my second bury. Can they stop fucking announcing a match then immediately giving away the finish for the next week? So oh, they, yeah. they did it bloody two weeks ago. <laughs> that with, was, the, the only, I'm assuming you're referring to the Orange Cassidy. It's, Orange it's, Cassidy, yeah. Kenny Omega. So it's, oh, don't get me wrong. I, I actually I, thought you meant the SCU Young Bucks. No, I, I buried that last week because they oh, obviously oh, gave right, that, that was week, and they've week, done yeah. it again this week <laughs> by giving away the finish to Pac versus the Mega versus uh, Orange next week because yeah. who now thinks that Pac's going to win that match? <laughs> nobody. Absolutely fucking nobody. And it's maybe, maybe they make it a triple threat. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> <laughs> right, so Gary, I'm going to put five pounds down here right uh, now. I'm, I'm, I'm not taking the bet. I'm not taking the bet. Exactly. 
exactly. Now I'm going to end on a positive. So, I mean, the show up to the blood and catch match wasn't terrifically. It was all right. It was fine. There was a couple of squash matches. There was the tag match, which gave, was given away last week. But I think the one that everyone was kind of the, the big event of the undercard would have been Cody versus QT Marshall. So they've kind of managed to get that. I like the way they've still got QT stealing everyone's moves. But more importantly, I like that it's been used mainly to kickstart Anthony Agogo and Cody in some way. And that it's, you know, I mean, the QT Cody was never going to be the big match that I think the QT would want it to be. Like it was never going to be on a big pay-per-view, but the fact he got it on a TV pay-per-view and they've used it to get over a Gogo who obviously came out and clean punched Cody in the chest. I thought it was great. I enjoyed that. That was a decent ending. Although can go can a Gogo's gimmick get away with the British imperialness, please? I don't understand why he's in a faction of Americans and yet he's also taking the piss of America. Like surely they Do just you know what I love out. though that um the Gogo Olympic logo. I think it is like the best thing ever on his shorts, which I didn't mean that to rhyme, uh, but he's got like the Olympic rings and the, the spell out of go-go and I'm just like, that is, that's genius. That's, I don't care if he's, like, he can be as green as, as anything when he uh, when he actually wrestles a full match, but, ah, man, I just love that logo. That's, I also, like, I also love the stomach punch. Aye. It makes me really satisfied. I don't know why. Aye, aye. But, yeah, I like a go-go. I've, I've got high hopes for a go-go. I mean, but yeah, 10 points to that. My match of the night was the main event. I don't care what anyone else says. I enjoyed it. It was a TV main event. Fuck you. <laughs> there we go. From Alex and Let's hand over to the SmackDown boys then, the new age mark clause. Let's first of go go to Mr. Bronze Chill and your put over, sir. I'll go with Fashion Corner first. So yeah. I, I think that Rico might go with the obvious. So Dolph Ziggler threw a little Easter egg in there. He was wearing his T-shirt from 2014, the uh, pink one with the zebra print on it, which I really enjoyed seeing him in. Um, but my first put over, I actually loved seeing Teddy Long on the show. Now, usually when they do some sort uh. of retro show or like, a, you know, a Legends Night or whatever, there's like 20 of them and they're all dancing and doing stupid segments. Teddy Long gave us the greatest hits. We got tag matches. He was going to put Sami Zayn one-on-one with The Undertaker. We got it all. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. <laughs> Him and Sami dancing backstage. Yeah, absolutely loved it. Excellent. Really happy when they buy into that gimmick when, you know, like they're like, just do The Undertaker thing. Everyone will love it. It's not relevant, but just do it. How many yeah. players did uh, Teddy Long say? How many times did he want to say the word player? At least five, I heard. At least five. <laughs> yeah, it has to go. I have to. Um, what, let's go for a buddy from you then, Rico. Well, fashion corner first, obviously. Oh, of course, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure what the obvious would be, but um, at the top of the show, we had uh, Pat McAfee and Michael Cole. Pat McAfee dressed up as old school Vince McMahon and Michael Cole rocking his like 1999 blue shirt that he used to wear every single week. I don't mind the, the throwback thing, but am I the only person that found that a bit odd that they went, throwback, SmackDown, let's call back to everything that happened before SmackDown was a thing? It was something to do with some sort of NASCAR event that they ah. had throwback night, so Fox wanted SmackDown to do something similar uh, so that's basically why we got I got out of interest but we're talking about the nostalgia do either of you two's berry involve a certain 3D visualised set <laughs> I do have it written okay down, then I'm yeah. going to be quiet oh, I'm no, going to be quiet okay. that's fine I just want to oh, make yeah, sure just te- you've just teased that out there eh? let's go to let's get Rico's first 
that's, that's not actually one of my buddies. One of my buddies is uh, Reginald and Tamina, but I'm not going to go for that because that's low-hanging fruit. So instead, <laughs> I'm going to sacrifice my buddy this week in favour of asking a wee question. So there was a, a 10-man tag team match. Heels came out on top. Baron Corbin got the pin. Now, if Roman Reigns hadn't come back as his new character, or he hadn't developed his new character, and he didn't have the title just now, could Baron Corbin be the champion? Mm-hmm. And why? I think it's long overdue. Yeah. Long overdue. Oh, he, you're, you're talking to the wrong man here, Rico. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Come on, Gary. No, I just think he's brilliant. Like I always say, he's he's like old school heel. I remember he he actually had me believing that he was injured just because he sold a, a like a kind of a fall. Um, during, I think it was a match with Kalisto or something. I was like, that guy just gets it. He just absolutely gets it. I just think he's brilliant. I feel like he's been hindered quite a bit in terms of the characters that he's portrayed. And I also think that, uh, you know, the money in the bank thing was a shambles having him cash in and lose. I, I He's absolutely amazing. Uh, I'd love to see him actually hold a world championship in the future. But not against Roman Reigns, because we've seen that match too many times. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to see him against Roman Reigns ever again. <laughs> what about what if we turn Baron face? How about face Baron Corbin versus no, Roman Reigns? That is impossible. That is uh, absolutely impossible. He's going to be a career heel. Career heel. Yeah, I, I agree, but I, I want to see them try. I, I just, just for the banner. I just want to see them try. Yeah. That, that, that was kind of it for me though so yeah, uh, nice one um, let's go for a buddy from you then I wonder what it could be Mr Bronze Shell so <laughs> Rico mentioned it I had obviously like the uh, you know the very bad fist that they shown at the beginning we all know it's in storage just you know take it in but um, I, I'm actually going to go with the uh, Reginald versus Tamina match because it was pointless. Cartwheels, dancing, jumping around. Um, and to me, I was about to hit Reginald with a big splash and I had caused a DQ. And then when you're hearing that Mia Yim was supposed to debut last week and they run out of time, we had that shite. So, <laughs> can get yeah. it. It's fucking brutal. <laughs> it was awful. Well, there you go. That's low-hanging fruit taken. Uh, what are you going to go for your put over then, uh, Rico? I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to go for the obvious, but this one, um, just just the entire story that's going on with Roman and the Usos now, Jimmy Uso coming back, um, <clears throat> being Daniel, Bly- Daniel Bryan's replacement, uh, having issues with Roman Reigns, Jimmy Uso costing Seth Rollins a match, Seth telling Roman to sort of bring Jimmy in line, Roman sending Jay to do his dirty work, Jay speaking to Jimmy and obviously doing Roman's dirty work for him. Jimmy coming back out, saying to Roman that he's no one's bitch, like he should be tag team champions with uh, with Jay. Jay coming out of the match later on, um, and or took him out of the ring later on, and saying, you know, like, we could just make this all easier if you just acknowledge him. We could, you know, we get back to where we are. Loved those little pieces, pieces yeah. of storytelling. And to, to tie this in to my... Um, my sacrificed buddy earlier on. If you had Roman Reigns drop the title via shenanigans or whatever else to Cesaro, then you've got a, a face champion and you need a heel champion after that. So who do you have as your heel champion? Fucking <laughs> Baron Corbin. Get it done. 
<laughs> oh, you're, it's going to take a lot more selling than that. No, I do, I do agree that actually this is a way you could get the belt off Roman if you wanted to by using Jimmy and doing it that way. I, I'd, I'd be totally okay with that. Did you but, think? Do you think then with the storyline, then Jimmy falls into line, and then we have then the turn happens when the two of them kind of turn on on Roman, or do you think it will go that Jay will side with Jimmy and they turn on Roman that way? I said a couple of weeks ago that I think that. Roman can keep the title as long as he wants until something more interesting comes along. Yeah. And this is now more interesting than him just purely having the title. So Jimmy and Jay aligning would be cool, but having having Jay's struggle of conscience between, you know, being Roman's right hand man or being a tag team partner to his brother. It, there's there's so much story to tell there, and there's so much opportunity. Not you don't you, you don't even say that this is going to be dragged out. It's it could be months worth of storytelling. So, well, for once they've managed to get multiple people into the main event that all feel like they should be there. Roman, Jay, uh, Jimmy, and then you've got Cesaro and even Seth because like the Seth and uh, Roman stuff have obviously been bouncing off each other, and it it all makes sense. And I think that's a very difficult thing to do well in wrestling. Yeah, it's a difficult thing to tell good stories and <laughs> WWE especially in, yes. in wrestling but they've they've struck gold here in my opinion it's just yeah. it's and Rikishi's not even been brought into it yet when's that going to happen <laughs> I can't wait for that um, right okay match tonight then gents it's got to be the 10 man tag and at the very end of it um, Apollo's posing with the belt and Sami Zayn goes up and starts touching it so he's more of a sense love Savage Zane love Savage Zane Rico are you agreeing? Uh, aye just obviously because of Baron Corbin really <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you found a fellow Baron Corbin fan Gary I hope you're delighted there you go big mark for him big mark. <laughs> right okay then Gary alright let's do it let's move on let's find out what sound Raw is going to get this week I actually think so. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to mention something before Raw right. that I think might show you how low my standards have slipped in terms of enjoyment just before I do buries and putovers. But one thing I realised ahead of WrestleMania backlash is that we actually have something that makes sense because two of the people that are challenging for world championships actually won at WrestleMania. So we've got Braun Strowman, bet Shane McMahon, and Cesaro, bet Seth Rollins. What a novel idea that the people challenging for championships actually are, you know, <laughs> have momentum behind them. Um, but that that just shows how bad that Raw is, because that's probably like one of my favourite things that I've learned is that wee tiny bit. I like it's like congratulating somebody for wiping their ass. Like that is like the kind of thing where it's like it's it's such a, a minuscule thing that should be done all the time. But I'm congratulating yeah. them on it anyway. Do you want to go to Fashion Corner first, or do you want to leave that? No, I'm going to go to Fashion Corner first, and I'm actually mm-hmm. going to. It's not even a note on on anyone in particular. It's me burying myself uh, on Fashion Corner because I was watching last night and a sentence that came out of my mouth while I was watching is, Charlotte Flair's wearing the same shoes that Rachel Riley wears on Countdown. <laughs> so, uh, so, I, so I feel like I have to bury myself for that one. So everybody wow. was dressed great. I just made an all set by knowing too much about what colour of shoes people wear. So, uh, so I that was the good. But first put over... I feel like I'm going to mislead you ever so slightly, but I'm going to say that my first put over is Adnan Vork. Um, oh, what? Of course it is not Adnan Vork, but right. it relates to Adnan Vork. Right. Seamus, 
cut an incredible promo, as Seamus does all the time, because I just think the guy has been in the for me's life in the past, you know, year and a half since coming back. But he cut a promo, brilliant promo. Um, annoyingly, we kind of, well, anybody that read news beforehand knew he was going to be facing Humberto Carrillo. Um, and they came out, cut a promo about how Adam Pearce said that he should be like the former champions that came before him, go out and do an open challenge. But he feels like people should be earning their opportunities. Uh, and he's saying people would throw out an opportunity at anybody, including that guy that's out of de- out his depth on commentary, Adnan Vork. <laughs> it's like the best thing a heel can do, I think, is say something that's truthful but harsh. And I mean, that's truthful. I'm not sure it's harsh, it's realistic. Uh, but I just thought that was brilliant. Like, Saying the guy that is at his depth, as at his depth, is always going to get that. Out. That do you think that's been approved, or do you think that's been off the cuff? I, I think Vince has told him about that. I, I think, uh, I think it's maybe been pitched somewhere along the line. He's went fuck it, say that, and it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So I loved it. Uh, gets a bit over for me. I have to say, I feel sorry for poor Ardner. No, that's that. If you're sitting as a commentator and that happens, you're thinking fuck. <laughs> It, well, I think it's a good thing because I'm going, that's the kind of thing where, you know, put people under pressure and try and make them perform. If he heals that live, then it has to it has to roll with the punches. He has, um, from what I've heard and of him so far, I've, I mean, I don't get me wrong, I don't watch Raw religiously. I just maybe pick up on the highlights and stuff. It just it doesn't seem... I think I'm right in saying that Corey's picked up a lot of the, and Byron have picked up a lot of the kind of slack. Oh, they're doing all the heavy lifting quite a lot and correcting them quite a lot. And it's just like... It's one of the weird positions because I feel bad for the guy because I feel like it's a tricky position to be in. But I also don't feel bad for the guy because he's getting paid a fuckload of money to be in that position and he has taken that position. Um, so, but it's just, for me, I hope it gets better. I know it's only been like four or five weeks. If you know nothing about wrestling, it's going to take you a lot longer to get into it. But it's just not working for me. I'm watching now with the volume down until somebody's cutting a promo and then I'm turning the volume up. Yeah. Bring back right Tom. Aye, anybody, anybody calling you to bring back Tom Phillips? I think it's actually proven that you could have a two-man booth and have both Byron and Corey kind of both picking up the, the slack in terms of being play-by-play slash colour commentators because they're doing it the new anyway. <laughs> so I think you could have a two-man I booth. I think you maybe need a third person with them, though, because those two do just start to bicker after a while, if you know what I mean. Aye. Yeah. Mm. So um, my, my first bury, actually, I feel like I'm veering away from what I normally do when I bury things about Raw that are deliberate whereas it is something that happened at the end of that match and people that haven't watched Raw have probably seen the video but Humberto Carrillo back for seven months I think it is having no wrestled on Raw obviously got himself into brilliant brilliant shape looks like I I think he was going to win the match last night and then go into a US Championship opportunity because that just seems like the way the story was going it looked like he tried to do a sunset flip to the outside that was going to protect Sheamus because we know Sheamus is, you know, was nearly forced to retire for back and neck injuries. It looked like he tried to overly protect Sheamus, knee buckled under him, and I don't even know what the injury is, but it looked like he's severely injured, either back, leg, hip, something in that region. Obviously, um, the, the good things that came for it is the match got ended pretty quickly. Humberto realised quickly and didn't try and continue. Referee came out, protected everybody, protected Sheamus's heat as well by kind of splitting them up, even though you could see Sheamus talking to Humberto. But I horrible to see. So burying, burying the fact to get injured pretty much rather than anything else. But it's fine because my other bury is a major bury on creative. Uh, so, so I don't feel so bad. Uh, that, this is an odd one because 
I didn't even catch this until I watched it back, but I mentioned it last week that Alexa Bliss, you know, they've gave her shite and she's turned into steak. Like she's she's making something that is so terrible, okay. Uh, but they're still continuing to make it terrible. So I don't know how much longer she can make it okay. They had uh I think it was a six women tag team match um to start the show. Which you're like, brilliant, we're getting a match to start the show. How often does that happen? Absolutely amazing. Delighted, can't wait for it. And then you've got Alexa Bliss on the swing with the doll uh, on the side, which the doll has now has merch, so you know it's going to keep going. So it's like, what's going to happen here? Obviously, there's going to be some kind of shenanigans. And you set yourself up for disappointment, and they still manage to disappoint you even further than the disappointment you've set yourself up for. So they have Alexa Bliss on the ramp. And I should make it clear they don't show her ever again, really. Like, we, we always say there's too many camera cuts. They didn't put enough in this time. So we had... Shayna Baszler, kind of on top. Like, the match is just rolling along. It doesn't look like it's gone anywhere in particular. Um, just rolling along. And then Shayna Baszler stands up and suddenly looks like she's shat herself and uh, starts, like, walking like John Wayne. Um, turns out that they had or have a worked cramp in her leg. And for what I've seen online, and I still I don't really want to properly bury WWE for this, but if it's deliberate or if it's not, it's still getting buried. Either she had the worst worked cramp ever randomly in the match and it caused her to lose the match, or what has now been suggested is that Alexa Bliss telekinetically made her get cramp in her leg and that's why she lost the match. Oh. So it's like either option is shite. I don't really know what one is better at the two, um, but that looks like the way it's gone. I actually thought before the match, like adding two and two together, um, she mentioned that she was on the stage to keep her eye on someone in the match. So last week you mentioned wearing red and, you know, Lily being attracted to red. Uh, and I was like, well, Sonia Deville was with Charlotte. Charlotte was also wearing red. Oh, we're going for Alexa and Charlotte. And I think that is where we're going because I had a wee stared in at the end. But it was just like, yeah, again, you've used Shayna Baszler as a catalyst for something that is just no good. And she has been made to look shite again. So it just wasn't for me. And I feel like I've said shite quite a lot, but I mean, that's kind of summing up the experience I'm watching Raw than uh, leave but, us on a positive. Leave us on a positive. Ending on a positive. No, <laughs> I was going to just uh, pretend that there was no positive, but there actually is a positive. So, yet again, it's it's a weird. I think I set this up last week. Jinder Mahal coming back, I thought was always going to be a positive, and I quite liked the way that they had you know him coming back with a faction. So I didn't watch main event, and I thought it was coming back with in the share. Yeah, he's come back with one in the share. The other guy that is part of the faction is Dilshaw Shanky, who is the over seven foot guy that showed up at Superstar Spectacle. Ah, <laughs> like, right. Look, looks, you know, apart from his in-ring attire and as i seen on Raw Talk, he's out of ring attire, looks like a star. So his in-ring attire is a fucking black vest and just black, like, boot-cut trousers. Um, <laughs> then He then was wearing, like, an open-neck blue polo shirt on Raw Talk. So it's like, changes attire, like, either get him in the Indushare gear. Um, worth noting, the one guy for Indushare that is there is not the one that spoiled the Keith Lee uh, title win on NXT. Right. <laughs> but um, but they've, they've now got at least Jinder Mahal with those two guys. Annoyingly, again, it meant that Jeff Hardy picked up a loss and pretty... You know, I heard it was clean. I heard it was fucking clean. Not the best of matches. I thought they were going to run it back and have them help him win the match and be the. And then it's like, well, now you've acknowledged nobody watches main event. Um, but they had that happen. So my put over is partly that Jinder's back, but the other put over, the other half of that is that last night Nikki Cross won on main event. 
So <laughs> might we get Nicky Cross back next week? And oh, then, I hope uh, so. Uh, so. So that's my other put over. Um, and again, Gary, can I just stop you for a second? You want to bring back Nikki Cross right now to put her in the Alexa Bliss Lily shite? You evil fucking bastards! Just you maybe maybe, maybe keep them apart a wee bit. I don't um, think they know how to do that. <laughs> Uh, but and and, and uh, it gets worse because my match of the night, I don't even know how much I enjoyed this match. I just enjoyed it more than the last twice it's been on TV. And they done it. It was a proper raw peak night because they done it with Drew McIntyre and Lashley having a match. And then they had it with, um, the one that I'm going to actually put as my match of the night was Rhea Ripley versus Asuka. And it was good, and they actually played off the outside distraction thing quite well, which I think when, you know, you see somebody in commentary, it's like, right, they're going to be interfered in the match, it's going to just go this way and this way. They kind of played it well with Charlotte Flair in, in their shows that were the same as Rachel Riley's on Countdown. <laughs> um, but it was an enjoyable match. It was more enjoyable than the two they've had in the last month, and it made me quite excited for the triple yeah. threat match this weekend. So very average draw, but just now you'll take average because it's been below average for so long. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Now listen, before we, we, we go and, and wrap up this segment, um, I don't think uh, the news had broken last week about uh, Daniel Bryan, his contract was up. Um, so just, I would love to go around the table and see where you would like to for him to end up. Alex, come to you first. Well, the one thing that was suggested to me was that you pair him with uh, a certain Sumo and Joseph and then you essentially do... The Outsiders 2021 with the third man being CM Punk. And to that, I respond, do it, but remove CM Punk. You don't need CM Punk. The CM Punk train's gone. But I kind of want him, I want Brian to show up in ROH first. And I want Joe to show up at Impact first. Then I want them both in AEW. Right. Okay. Bronze. I kind of just want to see him, you know, turn around, you know, be like that old school Ric Flair, just appearing in various promotions and just taking on their best talents. I'd love to see that you know AEW Impact ROH everywhere Japan I love yeah. it match by match contract why not eh? Rico I'm totally undecided to be totally honest um, I, I'm not sure how well he would maybe get on in New Japan I know he'd be able to wrestle everyone well there but I fear for his neck I fear I just fear for his general health if he was in Japan so uh, I don't know. I'm I'm quite happy to see him turning up anywhere because wherever he turns up, it'll get eyes on it. So, whatever's fine by me. And Gary, you might have a definite. You might you'll have maybe have a wee sneaky suspicion of where he's going. I don't know. I was going to rub myself and play play the MLW cards, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. So I actually have a different take. I don't think he's out of contract. Um. I think he's performer contract up, but he's been working backstage in WWE for about a year now. So. Triple H had two contracts when he's doing that. Stephanie McMahon, Shane McMahon, like you can't combine those contracts. I think he's still under contract, but not as an in-ring performer. Might sign a new one, um, but hypothetically, if I was to put him anywhere, I'm in the same boat in terms of New Japan. I don't know how comfortable I'd be watching that. I'd rather see him tour about. I don't think him being a standalone AEW competitor would work because, I mean, where's Christian? We've not really seen him for a couple of weeks. Sting, again, like last week was the first time we've not seen him in 22 weeks, but well, he's not done much. I feel like it would be an amazing get, and if Daniel Bryan's on the market, of course you offer him a contract, but I'm not sure how many spaces there are, so I think I'd like to see him touring about, but I think he's going to stay in WWE. 
Well, let's get them booked for ICW and see that dream match we've all been dreaming of. Gradle versus Daniel Bryan, two workers of the game. <laughs> let's get that booked. And that would be amazing because you could have the crowd doing eye chants. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Aye, absolutely absolutely uh, so uh, thanks for that boys um, remember you can get your buddies and putovers for Rab and Grado uh, get them in at, on our Twitter at Wrestling Daft it's uh, on our Instagram's Wrestling Daft Podcast or just Wrestling Daft on Facebook uh, Broncello Rico until next week bon voyage cheers let me tell you now, boys, about Express VPN. We've talked about them loads in this show, and we really appreciate the support to Wrestling Daft. If you don't know what a VPN is, basically it's going to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. So I'm talking Netflixes across the world, because a lot of people don't know the Netflix... And UK has different things on it from Netflix US or Netflix Australia or Netflix Japan, which Alex uses quite a lot using ExpressVM to check out anime. You're right into the anime stuff, Alex, aren't you? I do, and it's 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 the way it just means I don't have to go and get a Crunchyroll subscription. It actually comes through with your existing Netflix subscription, so it saves me money in the world where there is 18 gazillion million subscriptions. Absolutely. So uh, you can check out if you're an anime fan, that's one use that you can use for ExpressVPN. Because basically you can change your online location when you're using ExpressVPN. So you control where you want sites to think you're located. Really easy to do. Open the app, you select the location, one button to connect, refresh your page and you get access to all the Netflix movies in Japan or America, Australia, whatever you want to do. Because there's a hundred different countries to choose from, believe it or not. Um, so you can get, like, uh, on Canadian Netflix just now, you can get The Dark Knight. I don't think you can get that on UK Netflix at the moment. And, you know, you can ex- access Hulu. If you're abroad, you can access BBC iPlayer if you listen to this show in America or Australia. Well, you'd be oh. proud. My flatmate, who is currently in Turkey at work, is using ExpressVPN to watch Line of Duty on BBC iPlayer. There, there you, you go, go. There you go. Thank you. You need to get the standard Line of Duty line uh, in there Uh, and obviously you can now access peacock so there's a lot of stuff that wrestling fans are getting on peacock in the states just now i believe i believe i might not be 100 percent correct but you can get the documentaries on like the macho man and stuff on peacock and they're doing that show they're kind of wrestling um like porn porn star porn stars meets wrestling porn stars meets wrestling is a different show that is a complete there's a few of those those. but yeah uh, you can get that um essentially all the a and d documentaries and something we're going to be talking a wee bit in the news as well a new one coming out that's uh, completely created by john cena that's going to be on on the peacock so they're not going to be able to watch that here as far as i know well there you go um we'll have details on that and news but yeah if you want to get involved in that Choose ExpressVPN because it's better than other PM because you can basically stream in HD, no problems. There's very little buffering, no buffering or lag, in fact. It's compatible with phones, laptops, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. Uh, and doesn't not only does it let you change your location, it also encrypts your data and lets you surf the web safely and anonymously. And we've got an offer for ExpressVPN, which is very good. You're going to get three months. If you sign up for a year, you're going to get three months free. And all you have to do to get that offer is sign up using our code. It's expressvpn.com slash wrestling that's expressvpn.com slash wrestling sign up now for a year get three months free courtesy of your friends at wrestling daft 
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. It's the Wrestling News with Gary Cassidy. Gary, what is happening in the world of wrestling news? I have seen that Dave Meltzer has made a so-called faux pas as he's revealed the possible location for this year's SummerSlam. Well, it's a good thing that I checked my phone right before this segment because I've got more to add to this as Fightful Select have just put out an email with some slightly different information, I should add. (laughs) But I will tell you the Dave Meltzer one first and then add on this in chronological order as that will give you the best uh, best wee kind of summary and you can make your own mind up as to what you think. Um, But Dave Meltzer, I actually think this was only earlier today as well, so all coming out in the past 24 hours um, at point of recording, mentioned that apparently in the running to host this year's SummerSlam is Madison Square Garden, which, you know, obviously a legendary, legendary venue. Quite small. Yeah. <laughs> I think be, you think that that makes sense that. In, this in, in this environment, though, to me? MSG uh, is one of WWE's favourite venues. Going back there for a small crowd rather than filling out a stadium makes sense. I think there's an in-between where an outdoor stadium with slightly less people in it would be my preference, but I get that America is slightly different for us and, you know, AEW have just announced a return to touring as well for August, so it looks like there's going to be crowds back and, and all that kind of stuff. So Madison Square Garden, as what Dave Meltzer said, was the um, the venue that might be it, it, it was the uh, it was very non-committal on it, he just mentioned it in passing, um, but he said that might be the place that we see... Um, we see SummerSlam taking place. However, Fightful have just sent an email saying, um, at this moment, even within the company, there isn't a confirmed SummerSlam location that talent and staff know about, um, but it's a poorly kept secret that WWE want fans at the show. Uh, They said, um, harping back to WrestleVotes, um, they'd mentioned that, you know, August 1st is the date where we're going to start seeing crowds back at shows properly in WWE, which means AEW will be first because they're in July. But the locations that they've noted internally, Las Vegas seems to be gaining a lot of steam. Yeah. Interestingly, where Double or Nothing is uh, scheduled, I think. I don't I don't know if it's actually going to be there this year or if they're still in between, um, if it's at Daly's place. But that's where we're Double close or now, aren't we, to Double or Nothing? Yep. So I actually, weirdly, I got the press credentials through the whole day and can't go because we can't... Uh, but uh, but I know that Double or Nothing was meant to be in Las Vegas. I think it's now um, no no actually might be at Daly's place. One of the last Daly's place. I um, so location Las- it says Las Vegas Daly's place Daly's place. So I think it might be at Daly's place this year. Then. Aye. Yeah. Um, so that would be where Double or Nothing's meant to be. Obviously, um, yeah, it was moved moved be. from the strip. Yep. Sorry. 
So, uh, so you've got Las Vegas internally is gaining a lot of steam, Fightful says, but they say they've also heard Phoenix and a nondescript Texas thrown about, so anywhere in Texas. Um, they said they've not heard any internal discussions in New York City as of this past weekend, even though Dave Meltzer had said that he's held in Madison Square Garden. Um, but they have said they've heard that Vince McMahon specifically wanted to shake up the pay-per-view schedule back around WrestleMania, but it seems like it's actually gone back to normal. So interesting, SummerSlam, I think July, August it normally is. So we've got a couple of things in between. Uh, you know, money in the bank yeah. would be in between. I think Extreme Rules is normally after SummerSlam. Is, is it Just not, after. They, they, they mix it around because for a while it was following uh, WrestleMania. Aye. So I, I obviously it's kind of mixed a bit a wee bit, but SummerSlam, it looks like SummerSlam is going to be in August. I would say for what I've read there, obviously no date set but it looks like it's going to be in august in front of fans but could be anywhere could be anywhere at this point in time okay. um, so Dave, noting, um, talking shite is what we're saying here um it might be onto something but it looks like it's one of many suggestions but i think it's also worth noting where aew are running shows um so they have as i frantically scroll down to find the press release they have announced that they're going to be touring again with ticketed live events from Wednesday 7th of July, where they'll be at the James L. Knight Centre in Miami. I believe that's an indoor centre. Um, the next week, July 14th, Texas, um, in the greater Austin area, the HEB Centre in Cedar Park, which I'm not familiar with at all. And the week after that, the 21st, again in Texas, but in Garland, Texas, greater Dallas area, Curtis Caldwell Centre. Um, so it looks like they're looking to get somewhat back to normal. At least is that, is that going to be full crowds or is that going to be reduced capacity? We just don't know yet. So it doesn't actually specify on this, but I know that for Double or Nothing, I should have known Double or Nothing was at Daly's Place because Tony Khan said on Busted Open Radio that they're going to be back to full capacity at Daly's Place for wow. Double or Nothing. So okay, interesting. Um, so I they've, they've essentially put out that press release with all the ticket information, but it just really says the price of the tickets. And it will be, you know, with COVID safety guidelines in place, which in America, I think, means be careful. <laughs> <laughs> the specifications. Um, but I would just kind of thank the fans. They also rescheduled the dates for uh, St. Louis and New Orleans, um, which has been to November. So quite a while away on that. It can happen then. But uh, I might be worth, you know, Texas being mentioned both times there. That might be, that would be kind of a safe guess. I think New York, there's not really much happening there than now, so... Yeah. You never know. Lots of time. Lots of time. Lots of stuff can happen. Yep. We'll wait and see. Um, we alluded to earlier in the when we we're talking about Express VPM. Uh, something you'll be able to see in Peacock is a new uh, series that John Cena is producing and narrating called WWE Evil. Um, Gary, you've got the details. So I a, a nice wee, uh, you know, John Cena and his Instagram. He's always like this where he'll post a wee photo in this. Lots of wee Instagram teasers, you know, <sighs> like. WWE logo and coming soon and it's like oh John Cena return everybody's getting excited for a John Cena return and then of course it is not an in-ring return but I think this is quite exciting anyway um this you know you always see oh John Cena's going to present ah cool right it's just something that's you know they're just milking another wee series which will be brilliant but it's just another wee series to add on apparently this is a complete John Cena creation and John Cena idea that he wanted to do um Nice wee bit of bait for New Japan fans would be John Cena's bringing evil to WWE um, <laughs> because it is called WWE Evil with capital letters as evil, apparently. Um, but the show 
from the press release. This is we'll look at the most diabolical antagonists in WWE history. The 16-time world champion will produce and narrate a new WWE series on Peacock named WWE Evil, created by John Cena. It will look past WWE heels. So why not get John Cena out there? A guy that's never been a heel. <laughs> but, um, but they've got John Cena narrating the full series about heels and it's been billed as an entertaining psychological expose into the minds of those diabolical attacks. Easy for me to say, diabolical antagonists in WWE history and their impact on mainstream culture. Um, but they've no name to it. It's going to be quite interesting because it seems like it's going to be pretty heavily in character for what you read for that uh, <laughs> that press release. It does seem like we're going to be getting a Chris Benoit episode. I'll go that far as saying. Mm. <laughs> uh, but I would guess we're going to get, you know, Kane would probably yeah. be a safe bet. And, you know, um, actually, I can't think of, I, maybe... Stone Cold Undertaker. Stone Cold. I don't uh, know. Big Show's flip flopped so much as between heel and face. You know, I guess you've got to put the Big Show in there. Yeah, yeah. I'll be interested to see who the Ric Flair's going to be in there. I uh, actually, I really like the fact that it's John Cena that's narrating it because it'd be a bit better having somebody that's proper babyface narrating this than a heel. Yeah, yeah. So Jake the Snake. Oh, well, Jake the Snake was mm, more. Uh, mm. uh, also, mainly just because the fact he's an AEW then. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you're not going to really get him coming back to to do it in, in terms of that. Yeah, but, Baron Corbin. There you go. Get Baron. I uh, get get a Baron Corbin episode. There you go. Sorted. <laughs> by they could even do one on Vince McMahon, a Vince McMahon episode. That'd be a that'd be a hit. But uh, but yeah. I, interesting because uh, John Cena. I don't think he's been a netting that's been particularly bad. So so it kind of he's it lends a good reputation. I, you've clearly not seen that one where he's a fireman. Oh, no, I have not. Oh, that's <laughs> brutal. Not. That's absolutely... I can't even remember what it was called, but do not watch that John Cena film. It was absolutely brutal. Big, big uh, fan of Daddy's Home, though, and I've actually got two John Cena books sitting next to me. Yeah, Daddy's Home books. Yeah, so, uh, good, so I'll wait off that. Um, and talking of heels, nice little segue into Velveteen Dream was spotted backstage at WWE Raw, apparently, on Monday. Aye, so again, this is a, a kind of fleeting story that's uh, that's kind of come and gone. Dave Meltzer, literally seconds before Raw actually uh, actually aired, um, had noted that Velveteen Dream was backstage for Raw, but with the caveat that he didn't know if it was there for the show or for another reason. It's this, you know, we always, I think, I feel like we mentioned Velveteen Dream once every six months on this show and no more, no less. It's always like, oh, he's back. Oh, he's gone. No. And right. it's just it's just that kind of fleeting thing. Um, but I, he'd mentioned that it was there. Didn't know if it was for Raw. Didn't know what it was for. It's this kind of odd thing now where Raw, they've mentioned that Raw is, their, or they're hoping Raw is going to be the lead in NXT being on the Tuesday. You don't know how much of that's just promotional talk, but there actually has been a lot of NXT adverts on Raw recently. Weirdly, Karrion Cross tweeted it last night as well, saying, oh, we've got something to say tonight. And everybody's immediately jumping to Karrion Cross is going to be on Raw. Turns out it was just a wee snippet that got put out in an advert for tonight's NXT. Uh, and, you know, it's quite smart that they're doing it, but I didn't yeah. know if they were going to have him show up in some way, shape or form. But it's also worth noting they're based in Florida, so I could have just turned up for a meeting. Maybe get sacked. Probably not. <laughs> Almost definitely not to get sacked, I should say. That is a fleeting comment for me that I would hope hasn't taken in, uh, in any <laughs> seriousness. But apparently it was there. According to Dave Meltzer, I've not seen anybody corroborate it, but he's Dave Meltzer, so I guess we take his word at face value because he's garnered enough uh, enough goodwill to have his word taken at face value. So I, um, and actually I just got a wee interesting email there. Nothing completely massive, but just because we were talking about, you know, 
Where would Daniel Bryan go and all this kind of thing? And, you know, we name specific promotions. Interestingly, I've just got an email as being part of, like, the subscribing to EC3's list, like, it just because he puts out these wee videos now and again. Yeah, he does a blog. He does a very good blog, actually, EC3, doesn't he? Aye, so he's actually just put out um, EC3 presents the narrative, and it's a trailer for a match between him and Matt Cardona, not under any banner, any promotion whatsoever. So it looks like it's just EC3 putting out his own like match, and it's the poster is just Memorial Day Cardona versus EC3 called Free the Narrative, um, streaming on Vimeo and on his own website. So wow. it looks like they're just going to have a, a match there, um, and it says, oh wait, I've actually, because I've not watched the trailer because it's just dropped, but it says um, the trailer reveals other combatants. Who are these participants that chose to control their narrative? So it looks like he's put he's in pay-per-view of sorts. Wow, that's so, brilliant. Interesting. Why not uh, seeing a, a no audience uh, time? Why not do that? I mean, if Daniel Bryan and Samoa Joe got themselves together and did something like that, it would be massive. And all you need is a ring, literally a ring and a production crew. I mean, we've seen the Good Brothers there. We've had them on the yeah. show talking about it. Uh, but it looks like he's just chucking at his own thing. And I actually think, I'm not 100% in this, but I'm sure his match that he had with Moose and Impact that was the unsanctioned match that was like completely cinematic. I think that was actually, you know, his own recording and it might might be the same kind of thing. So I just thought that was a wee interesting wee email and... EC3 is a creative genius. Matt Cardona obviously changed the industry with his internet uh, videos, so could be good on them. Good on them. Good on them. Nice uh, to end on good news. Excellent. Good <laughs> news to finish. Uh, thank you very much, Azana. So uh, that's it for this week's wrestling. Uh, before we go, let's just run through the back sorry, WrestleMania backlash pre card and see what you guys are thinking. I've got six matches down here. Maybe I'm missing a few, Gary. You can maybe add them in. I think there are six, but I, I think one was meant to be added, as I said earlier, with Humberto and Sheamus. So you might get something replaced. Yeah, yeah. That. So, uh, Damien Priest versus The Miz in a Lumberjack match. Priest surely on that. Uh, so um, Priest won a match against John Morrison so he could pick the stipulation for that and he picked Lumberjack. So interesting. I mean, gets more people in the card, I guess. Yeah. With COVID times, that's not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Not well, a good thing. A Priest needs to start doing something. He needs to ah, go without, with, without having Bad Bunny by his side. But I just hope it doesn't go the way of Mojo Rowley where it's like, oh, the Gronk's gone now, so you're, we're burying you. But um, he's too not, good. It looks like after the tomato shite we had a couple of weeks ago, they actually uh, the match last night was really good between him and Morrison. That actually probably should have been my match to the right for earlier, um, but it was really good. And Miz, just brilliant character work. So I think we're going to get a good match. And I think, you know, Miz seems to be in that position now where he can lose and it's fine. You become an old WWE champion in another year's time. He can lose and put our piece and it's probably the right yeah. decision. Yeah. Uh, Dirty Dogs versus the Mysterios. Time for a switch up. Yeah, Mysterios. I think Mysterios. I think they'll, they'll, you know, it's time they've they've been due it for. A while. I'm surprised you know this has taken this right. long to give them the run. I mean, maybe they were just waiting until Dominic was more confident in the ring, but still. Yeah, and I believe they would become the first ever father and son tag. Yeah, I think hey, there you go. That's, that's, that's good enough reason. Of course, it's going to happen. Absolutely. That means they're going to drop it to Vince and Shane, though. But, yeah. <laughs> um, it'd be nice to have uh, Ray have. I guess it'd be what. I guess this would be his last run with a belt. I'm guessing. I can't <laughs> see him. I always go back to it where when I interviewed him back in December 2019, I think this was, and I asked him before Dominic had debuted, like, 
what what's your vision? How long do you think you've got left? And he was like, as long as I get to stand in the ring with my son, I would be happy to retire any time after that. So I think this could be a just bucket yeah. list, tick it off, and then Etnies go after that's bonus time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ripley versus Asuka versus Charlotte. It's going to be Charlotte, obviously. <laughs> I think this is where we might see a wee Alexa Bliss interference to take Charlotte at the match and Ripley pin Asuka. Oh, but then that would mean Charlotte going back to being a, a face. No, no. Oh, that's a good point. Actually, I am not really sure where they would go in terms of the dynamics there. Mm-hmm. Um, I go back to the well, Charlotte to win. Charlotte pins Asuka. <laughs> <There you go>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Ripley might retain. I don't know what there'll be. There'll be something, but Ripley will probably re- retain in that. Um, Bianca versus Bailey. Bianca, isn't it? Too early to take the belt off her. I don't, I don't know. Um, I, th- I think Bailey is that strong a character mm-hmm. that it wouldn't harm Bianca too much. Uh, but again, it is a bit early. I mean, a month after winning the, in the main event of WrestleMania, like the biggest match of your career, your first crowning achievement, I think it would be a wee bit mean to take the belt over <laughs> like a month later. Yeah. You could turn I, to the next Sasha though and just never actually defend the belt. Aye. Aye, let's not do that. Yeah. <laughs> That'll create a full new... Uh, Online IWC moan for the next year or so. There we go. And uh, triple threat Bobby versus Drew versus Braun. Do you know, call me crazy. I think Braun Strowman might win this one. What? I was was going to say, I'm going to call you crazy. (laughs) I think they've got to change one of the main belts. I, that's what I'm thinking. I I feel like there's got to be a title change that isn't just the tag belts. Um, I mean, I would, I would keep it on Bobby Lashley. I would keep it on Bobby Lashley. I would have Drew McIntyre go to SmackDown in the future. I feel like, I feel like if Drew loses this and stays in the championship picture, it does him more harm than good. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like we're kind of also getting to the point where how much longer can Lashley hold it with it getting a wee bit stale as well? So I feel like Braun might be the way to go, but at the same time, I'm no confident in what they would do with Braun as champion. So I'm not too sure. I think this is the weird. This is probably the hardest one to call on the full card. I feel like it could go to anybody because obviously we've seen it when Miz won the title and when Lashley won the title, they don't really have a problem switching it up. So they could easily put it on anybody. Yeah. Um, and finally, the last one we've got confirmed at the moment ahead of SmackDown. I'm guessing Big E and Apollo might end up in the card, but I don't know. Potentially. Yeah, I see it, aye, maybe. Aye. Uh, but yeah, the last one we've got in the card is obviously Reigns uh, versus Cesaro. Um, DQ for me on this one. DQ finish. I'd love, love, love a Cesaro win. But again, I think this is the kind of match where it's so, it, like, I feel like it's kind of booking themselves into a corner because everybody wants Cesaro to win, but everybody wants Roman Reigns to stay universal champion and you can't have it both ways. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I think there's going to be some Uso action involved here. Jay maybe causing the disqualification, Jimmy then reacting. That's how it'll probably go down. And it keeps Cesaro, you know, in the fight, I guess, and hopefully... It's too, I mean, everyone wants Reigns to retain that belt because he's done such a good job with it, so... Aye. The perfect way out, I think, is you have Cesaro make Reigns like a wee bit vulnerable, maybe get him in the swing a wee bit and, and kind of look like he's on the, the kind of... on the progression and then take it for... sweep his feet for under, for under him and then... You want that moment to happen at a SummerSlam or something like that. I know it's Aye. a wee while away, but you want yeah. a big a big moment for that. In front yeah. of fans as well, so... 
Exactly. He wants his arrow win in front of fans. So fingers crossed that happens somewhere down the line. But now it is not the time. Uh, well, thank you uh, as ever, gentlemen. Um, if you're listening, remember you can rate, review, and subscribe on Apple, wherever you get your podcast. Rapping Grado back on Friday. Uh, we had Jeff Jarrett on last. Did you listen to the Jeff Jarrett interview? He gave away a wee bit more than. I, I, I did indeed. I, if only I'd worked with Jeff Jarrett in TNA, I think I'd have got a wee bit more out of him than that. That's what <laughs> I, I interview about with him. And I, I wasn't the game for singing his, uh, his, his theme tune. We've only done that, Gary. We've got a lot more out of it. I've been sorted. <laughs> but I uh, thought it was really good. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, back to normal on the running uh, this week uh, with Rab and Grado. Uh, list of wrestling, Daft. We put it to the listeners. Um, I put up for nomination with the. John Cena returning to uh, Raw and Smackdown in a couple of weeks' time, I believe. That's been advertised. I said, best Cena moments. And then I put it out to the listener said, what would you like to talk, us to talk about? And I thought this was the funniest one. Which wrestlers would get most nips at the dancing? And that's obviously what won it. Um, and off the back of us talking all about Shawn Michaels and how bloody Aye. gorgeous he looks oh, last Shawn week. Michaels. Yeah, Shawn Michaels. Um, a- anyone for you, Alex, who would get the most nips at the dancing? Uh, no, let's just say Dash and Cody Rhodes because he had the gimmick. I, I think I'm going to say Vince McMahon's ass because it could just go dishing out free drinks to for people to join the Kiss My Ass Club. Yeah, I, I've, I've, I've got to say, Randy Orton's a handsome big bugger, isn't he? But I don't, I, I don't yeah. like Randy personally. No, I, I wouldn't agree yeah. with that. What about what about your Austin Theory or your Humberto Carrillo or your Angel Garza? Oh, Angel Garza. Say, Angel Garza is the, the way to go yeah. there. Uh, my, my wife... getting, that's the one thing Adnan Vink knows about wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. My, my wife would personally go for Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is aye, that's like yeah, he's a big cat. He's no, he's no going empty-handed. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. I'll tell you that much. Anyway, that's what we're chatting about randomly on the list of wrestling daft this week. Uh, so get your suggestions in for Rab and Gradle. Uh, remember, uh, if you want more content from this show you, and see the video version of this, you can do that patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Loads of loads of shit up there now we've got loads of, including actually Greg Hempel who was on our sister podcast Football Daft and we got in, off on a 10 minute tangent about wrestling uh, so we, we edited that out of Football Daft because it didn't really make sense but Chris Toll Grado basically had a 10 minute chat to Greg about um, Kelvin Brawl and bits and bobs around wrestling including a really amazing Mr Fuji story um, so get on to that uh, on the Patreon uh, you'll get that up there patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft uh, buy a t-shirt shop.sweatshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft Gary Casty, have you got anything to plug? No, um, I should mention I normally don't mention when I'm doing upcoming interviews just in case they fall um, for a place but next week I believe when we record, I will have spoken to a former WWE and WCW tag team champion. If I give you other guesses, you probably wouldn't get it. I will say he was um, in a famous wedding segment. Oh, you interviewed Chuck, Chuck. Palumbo. Aye, so, oh. uh, so I'm looking forward to that. So we'll definitely have that on the show either next week. Brilliant. So I looking forward to that. Gary, you lo- you fun. love that wedding as well. <laughs> Forget about any other questions. I'm just going to be talking to him about the fucking Eric Bischoff reveal in that wedding segment. So I have got that coming up. But wrestling, Gary, you'll see everything I'm no doing this week because it's a pure quiet week and I'm just relaxing, enjoying good, myself. Good. You just Aye, take some time away. When, when's the pod- week, when so. does the podcast start? Catch up with Gary. Good question. Cassidy, Cassidy. Um, 
Aye, aye, good like question. Pro- probably next week or something. Aye. Probably you ruined the alliterative title there already. Yeah, aye, yeah, yeah. I'm a heel for uh, being alliterative, so I'll take it. Uh, John hates alliteration, so. Yeah. Aye, next week, two weeks, I don't know. All right. Not even, okay. not even thought about it. I know he's sitting in, went, ah, fuck it, chuck it out in the back bubble. There we go. So you can watch, see that soon. Check out Gary's Twitter for all the latest details on that. And Alex, we're just going to admire your hair. Please check out the video version of this podcast. I think I'm getting quite Chuck Palumbo, actually, now that that's on topic. So yeah, you are, actually. Halfway to Chuck Palumbo, apparently. Excellent. There we go. Uh, so that's what you got. Um, and obviously, main podcast wrap and grade on Friday. Gentlemen, thank you very much. And until next time, keep marking boot. Audio Frontier. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.